Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. We're in the book of Ephesians right now. We were last week we were in Ephesians chapter 1. So uh, if you brought your Bibles, you can, you can turn there. Uh, do you bring your sword with you today? Again, it's okay if you don't have it. We're going to have it up on the screen. If you need a Bible, we'd love to give you one. They're out there in the lobby, so feel free to grab one. They're free. Just take one if you need it. We want everybody to have a, have a Bible. And uh, when we run out of those, we'll order more. And, uh, and we're going to continue to do that because we want you to have, uh, have the Word you can go to and you can read, you can study, and you can dive into. So, uh, yeah, we were in Ephesians chapter 1 last week. Incredible message, fantastic message last week. I was so inspired, I was so encouraged. What we're going to do today, I'm going to read through the entire chapter of Ephesians chapter 2, and then we're going to go back, and we're going to talk about some of this that, that, we're, uh, that we're reading. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Ephesians chapter 2. Before, before I do that, I want to mention a couple things, uh, some, some events coming up. And so today, right after church, uh, we have our food and fellowship, and we'd love for you to come out to that uh, and, uh, and join us. That's going to be over at Fireman's Kitchen. It's over there at Fireman's Park, um, and uh, we're going to be meeting in there. I think we've got fried chicken and the sides and all that good stuff, so we'd love for you to come out if you can. We'd love to have you out today and join us. It's a great way. If you're newer to Velocity, too, it's a great way to get connected with us and just to get to know some people in the church, and we'd love to have you come out and hang with us. And a lot of people ask us, do y'all do, y'all do what do y'all do for membership and how does this work? And we, we, don't, we don't do like a formal membership here. Uh, we just, our, our outlook is you come, you join us, you're part of the family, right? You're already, you're part of the family. And so come eat a meal with us, come hang out with us. We'll talk to you about uh, where, where we stand and where we're going and all, all of those good things. But I uh, want to get you plugged into the ministry and and we want to be active participants in the kingdom of God. That's really, that's really our strategy, right? Is that we wouldn't just be members to be members, but we'd be active participants for the kingdom of God and not spiritual spectators. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? We're not sitting on the sidelines, but we're called to step in and we're called to do something for the kingdom of God. And God has saved us from something and he saved you for something. We talked about that last week. So, um, we have that coming up today. You didn't know I was going to preach about the food and fellowship, did you? Yeah. Food and fellowship today, and uh, we've got a trunk or treat coming up as well. We're still looking for people who want to decorate their cars. Please, Danielle's not here today. If you're going to do that, if you're going to decorate your car and open up your trunk, uh, please don't feel like you have to like unroll the red carpet and have some crazy extravagant thing. Uh, if you're uh, interested in doing that, come talk to me after service. I'll sign you up and make sure you're signed up for it, but we want to get a head count here pretty quick and know how many cars we're going to have out there. I think we're going to have cornhole out there as well, uh, so we'll have a cornhole tournament if you, if you love playing cornhole, uh, a bunch of candy for the kids, all, all that good stuff. And uh, I believe we're going to have bounce house too, so it'll be a fun time. So invite your friends, uh, tell them to come out. Uh, that is going to be, well, it's, it was originally going to be at the church property. We're going to be doing it right across the street at the All Sports Building at Holt Park. Uh, so it's just going to be literally right across the street from the church property at the All Sports Building. So mark that down on your calendars. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. Let's, uh, let's read through Ephesians chapter 2. This is what it says. 
and you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Y'all already like, man, this is different than last week. We were so encouraged, we were so inspired, and you, you come out right off the bat and tell us we were dead. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right, title of message today is But God. Somebody say that out loud. But God. Come on, one more time. Say it out loud. But God. Amen, amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for today. I thank you for this. It's an opportunity, God, that we have to gather in your presence under your name. And I just thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this room here today. I thank you. Uh, what, what your presence would go out, God, your Holy Spirit power would go out, and we'd experience you, Jesus, here today. Pray that we'd receive revelation from you, God. Speak through me today, God. Use me as a vessel, Lord, to just get out what the word is you want to get out. And I thank you in advance, God, for what you're going to do today. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Uh, any of you guys like to read books? Big book readers? Yeah, some of you. Um, so in reading books, right, you've got chapter books, how many of you know that you go through a chapter book and it's like, okay, you go from one chapter to the next and the process of chapters and really why they're there, it's to kind of transition you into something else. It's to move you into the next stage of whatever it is. So maybe the end of a chapter would maybe be something, and I'm just going to kind of make this up, right? I don't, I'm not quoting a book. Uh, maybe the end of a chapter would be something like, uh, uh, they slow, uh, you know, they all drifted off into the night, you know, or something like that. And then chapter two, the next morning right? It's a transitional piece. You go from one thing to the next, and it's moving you from one thing to the next. And why, why do I say that? Well, when we're looking in the book of Ephesians, we're moving to chapter 2. And here's the key I want you to know in this, is Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus. This is a letter, one of the epistles written to the church uh, at Ephesus. And so it's not necessarily a chapter, but as a matter of fact, Paul didn't write the chapters and he didn't write the verses. Those came into the picture later for organizational purposes so that we could kind of know where we're at. But this was actually a letter written by the Apostle Paul to this church. And so the reason that's important and why we want to know that is as we move to chapter two, we're not turning the page necessarily. It's a continuation out of what we were talking about in chapter one. And that's how they would have read it. You know, when you read the, the epistles or the letters, uh, that Paul wrote. Sometimes, and this is what I heard years ago, and it is helpful. Sometimes it's helpful to understand the context to do that is to just stand up and read it out loud straight through. And the reason why is because that's exactly how they would have read to the church. They would have been like, oh, Paul sent a letter. Let's read it. 
and somebody would have stood up in front of the church and they would have read that letter in its entirety to Paul. And so we're moving from chapter 1 to chapter 2, but understand it's just a continuation right into uh, from what we were talking about in chapter 1 as we move into chapter 2. And what are some things that we hit on last week in chapter 1? Paul said some incredible things, right? He said, uh, you were chosen, right? And he's using this big language. He says, you were chosen, that God knew you. He knew everything about you. He knew all the things that uh, you would not like about yourself. He knew the things that make you laugh. He knew all your quirks, everything about you. And God wanted you. He chose you. He also says that we were adopted. We're adopted into the family of God when you accept Christ Jesus. Now remember, who is he talking to? We've talked about this. He's talking to the church. So Paul is, he's talking to believers. He's talking to the church at Ephesus. He says you were redeemed uh, by his blood, by the blood of Jesus. Um, it's just this, this crazy, just big language that Paul is using in chapter one, right? And then we move over into chapter two. And what's the first thing he says? And you were dead. <laughs> so we're, you were dead. What does this mean, right? When he says this and you were dead, what are we referring to here? Well, obviously we're not talking about physical death, right? What is he referring to? He's talking about spiritual death. Spiritual death. What does it mean to be spiritually dead? That's the question. When I think of spiritual death, I think of uh, Genesis chapter 3 in the garden. Adam and Eve, the fall, when they give in to temptation, they eat of the forbidden fruit that God tells them to not eat of. And what happens? Sin enters the world as the fall of mankind. And in that moment, what does God do? He sends them out of the garden. They're separated from God. And I want you to see this picture because that's exactly what it looks like to be spiritually dead. It's living a life separate from life in God. It's being separated from his presence. It's being blinded by the enemy. And he's going to go on to talk more and more about this in, in detail. You were dead in the trespasses and sins. Notice he doesn't say you were kind of dead. Then say you were halfway, partly dead. You were mostly dead. He says you were dead. You were, we were dead in the trespasses, in the sins, and the sins in which, what does he say? You once walked, following the course of this world, following who? The prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Satan that we were dead spiritually, not inclined to just be drawn to the things of God, but that we weren't on the right road, that we were blinded by the enemy. He says, in which you once walked. Who's he talking to? He's talking to us. I know people that are like, well, I was, <clears throat> I was saved when I was 10. Well, praise God. But understand, before you were 10, right? Before that moment, you were spiritually dead. And so we all walked this path, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived. He doubles down on it again. We all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. I want you to see this picture here today. 
Why is Paul reminding us that we were dead? That's the question I want you to think about today. Why is he reminding this church? Why is he telling them, listen, you need to know the condition you were in before Jesus. The condition before you were saved by Jesus. This is what you were. Do you feel the hopelessness kind of in that? Some of you are like, this is really a downer sermon. I don't know why I showed up today. But here's the point. I want you to understand, like, and I want you to see this here today. We were hopeless without Jesus. We, we, weren't, just, we weren't just, you know, uh, in a bad way without Jesus. We were completely hopeless without Jesus. Dead in our sins and trespasses. I see three things in here that I want to I want to note uh, that, that describe the condition that we were in before Jesus. What does he say? Number one, he says we were dead, dead to sin. Number two, we were not only dead but we were enslaved to our sin. And number three, we were living under God's wrath. Living under God's wrath, we were by nature children of wrath. Does that mean that means we were under the wrath of God? You know, it is a fearful place to be under the wrath of God. Now, a lot of people, we talked about this a few weeks back, a lot of people don't like to talk about the wrath of God. A lot of people go, oh, Jesus is all about God's love, and then the Father is all about wrath and anger. That's not true. It's not true at all. Our God is a God of love, and God's wrath and love actually work together. We talked about this a few weeks back. We were under the wrath of God. You are saved by God, and you are saved from the wrath of God. Just think about that for a second. What is God's wrath? It's this continual resolve against evil. We were dead. And what does it say in verse 4? Somebody say, praise God for verse 4. Praise God for verse 4, right? What does it say? But God. Two of the most important words in the entire Bible. But God. But God. God. What did he do? Being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. But God. I'm going to ask you something today. What is your but God experience in your life? What is your but God experience? The doctors gave me a bad report, but God. My kids were going in the wrong direction, but God. I was addicted my whole life, but God. I lost my job, lost all my income, but God. God can do all of those things. Here's the point I want you to see, and this is the point that he's getting at here today. Don't lose sight of the greatest miracle God has ever done in your life. And what is that miracle? He saved you. Don't ever lose sight of your salvation. That's really the meat of the message today that I want you to hear out of this. Don't forget that God saved you. Don't let it become old. Like, oh yeah, God saved me. What's for lunch? Like, like never let it get normal that God saved me, that I was in a pit. I was in a pit. 
And he was, my God, who's rich in love and mercy, what did he do? He reached down in the pit that I was in and he pulled me out. Don't ever let it get normal and don't get used to the fact that I've been saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. But God, it was all hopeless. We were completely going down the wrong road. We were completely missing the mark. Oh, I'm a good person. We were all hopeless going down the wrong road, completely missing the mark. But God reached down and saved you. And it is by his power and his power alone. But God, what is your but God experience? What can you look back and say, this was going on in my life, but God. This was happening. This happened over here. I was in trouble. I was in a bad situation, but God. Do you know there are so many but God experiences that you don't even know? How many things have happened that God has intervened in your life? You didn't even know he, did, he intervened in the first place. Can you praise God right now for all the things that he's done? Come on. All the things that he's done for you here today that maybe you don't even know. Can we just give him praise for that? That, that he stepped and he intervened. You didn't do something. You didn't go to a party. You didn't go to, to, to this place. You didn't get in that car. But God intervened in your life. You don't even realize all the things that God has done for you. We're thankful for that. Never lose sight of the greatest miracle. God has saved you. If you have accepted Christ Jesus, if you are born again, if you accepted his gift, salvation, given him your life, but God, he saved you. It's the greatest miracle. And I think so many people, Christians, I think they just forget over time or lose sight of it. And it's like, you know, well, what's next? What's next? What's next? You can always rejoice in the fact that my security is in Jesus. And and, and that my sins are forgiven because the blood of Jesus was shed for me. And I accepted him. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and our trespasses made us alive together. When you remind yourself of your condition before Jesus and you remember who you were before Jesus, it changes how you see yourself and it also changes how you see other people. I think there's so many Christians today that are kind of walking around high and mighty, you know, looking, kind of, kind of using their Bible like a window where they look through it at everybody else and just judge other people for where they're at in life. And, oh, look at you, sinner. Look at you. Oh, you're, you're so, oh, man, I can't believe you're so dark. I can't believe it's so evil. And we're kind of looking through the Bible like it's a window to condemn other people. It's like the Word of God is meant to be a mirror that reflects back where we look at it and we look at ourselves. Not where we just pick up rocks and start stoning people. Right? But here's the point I want to get at. When you understand where you were, before Jesus, you see other people differently. You, 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 it changes your perspective and your approach with other people. Hey, I know where I was. Hey, hold on a second. It wasn't by my works that got me anywhere. I had nothing to do with this. 
Okay? It, it, it didn't t- I didn't earn my way to God. I didn't do enough rights to cancel all my wrongs. No, Jesus saved me. It was all him. It was all Jesus. And it changes my perspective and my approach with other people. Because when I see other people and I see them living in a certain way, my approach to them isn't to condemn. My approach is, hey, look, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. My goodness, you know, I, I, I don't have every I dotted, every T crossed in life. I don't have every hair parted just right, right? But listen, Jesus saved me. And if he can save me, then he can save you. It changes your whole perspective. It changes our whole approach. So what is our condition after Jesus? After Jesus, what's our condition? You are alive. You're alive. Listen, that's the greatest message I could give you today. If you've accepted Jesus, you are alive. You're made alive with Christ. We can go home. You're alive with Christ. Spiritually, you're no longer a mannequin walking around in life, living, eating, thinking, drinking, planning, doing all the things that people do in the world, but they're walking around like living mannequins. They're spiritually dead. You're made alive in Christ. Amen. That's good news. That's good news. That's something to be excited about. He goes on to say, and raised us up with him in verse 6, raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show you the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It's not our works. We don't do enough works. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like being in a car doesn't make you, or being in a garage doesn't make you a car. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Listen, there are people that go to church every single week, and what does the Bible say? I would say that there will be people in the last day that say, uh, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Because it's a relationship with Jesus. I, I want to say one thing. This is gearing off a little bit. And I, this is something that, that's near and dear to me that I, I want to share. Uh, I love to share this with people. And we're, um, I feel like this constantly comes up. It's a continuation. There are so many people that are riding on the coattails of their parents or grandparents and hoping that's going to get them in the foot, their foot in the door into heaven one day. Let me just tell you, me, when I was younger, I grew up in the church. I was a pastor's kid, right? I went to all the stuff. I was at every life group, okay? I was at every life group. I was at every church circle. I was in so many church circles. We went to so many different events right? My parents, godly parents, raised me in a Christian home, put the word of God in front of me. And one day, as I got older, I had to decide for myself, am I going to hang on to their faith or am I going to have my own? And that's the decision we all have to come to grips with. 
Like, praise God you had godly parents, godly grandparents, but they're not going to be standing next to you when you're standing face to face with Jesus. And so you need a relationship with God. You need a relationship with God. Your own relationship with God. And it was the fear thing, the thing I fear is that there are going to be people who are like, what I thought, I thought, I thought, but, but I never knew you. And that's what, that's what Jesus is going to say. Depart from me, I never knew you. That's a fearful thing to be in that place. And so we need a relationship, our relationship with God. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What is he saying there? He, he's not saying that works um, get you saved, but what he's saying is that, hey, your salvation, the consequence of that is he's going to produce good works. The fact that you've been saved, I'm going to do some things through you, right? I'm actually going to do some things. Remember, we talk about this all the time. You're not just saved from something, you're saved for something. You're saved for something. We live in a time in 2022, we've come out of 2020 and the whole COVID era, and we've moved forward. And, and what I've seen just over the, over the past couple of years, what the enemy has tried to do is he's tried to keep people and kind of keep people on the sidelines, and to not get in the game, to not be involved, to not be a part, to not really do things, but to kind of be, you know, spiritual spectators, like on the sidelines. Like we're just like, oh, we're just doing good to be here and praise God for that. And you might be in a season right now where you just need to be in church. You need to be getting plugged in and that's fantastic. But I would, I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that there's a step for you to take, another step for you to get involved, for you to be a part of the work God is doing. How many of you know that God wants you to be a part of the work that he's doing? God wants us to be a part of it. He wants us to get involved. And so what is that? What's volunteering, volunteering here at church, getting involved, looking for opportunities. How can I help? How can I serve? There are so many families in here who just have the most servant hearts that I see week in and week out that just, you don't even ask and they just show up and they're just like, I'm going to help. I'm going to help. I'm going to do this and do that. It's just incredible. It's a servant heart. It's the heart that Jesus had. And that's, that's the next step for us to take. It's to step out of that spiritual uh, consumer Christianity, is what I call it. You know, the, the drive-through church, right? Uh, spiritual Christianity, where it's like, okay, uh, I'm going to show up on Sunday, and then boom, I'm out of there. And I'm disconnecting for the rest of the week. And what that can lead to is multiple things. It can lead to you having, man, I've seen people have multiple identities. They've got their Sunday identity and then they've got the rest of the week identity. And it's like, I'm this way around my coworkers and I'm this way around my church. Come on, somebody. Come on, you know, right? And we're called as Jesus followers to get involved, to be a part. And I, 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 don't, I don't say that to you today. Some of you are like, listen, I'm good being here right now. Praise God. Okay, so I don't want you to feel like, well, I have to, I have to. No, it's not that at all. It's just there's steps that we take in our spiritual journey. And I would encourage you to get involved, plug in somewhere where you can uh, join a team, attend a life group, the Clark Life Group. Fantastic opportunity for you to plug in and get connected with some people, uh, some followers of Jesus there. Maybe start a group. Maybe you're like, I want to lead a group. And come talk to us about that. We'd love to have you lead a group here. 
Never forget Jesus saved you. Here's the point. If you don't know how dead you were without Jesus, you'll never fully know how alive you are with him. If you don't first know how dead you were before Jesus saved you, you'll never fully experience how alive I am with him. You've been made alive in Christ. That's the greatest news. That that is something that ought to sustain you for the rest of your life here on earth. Is that reality? I've accepted Jesus, seated with him in heavenly places. It means my security is in Christ Jesus. I don't have to fear. I don't have to live a life in fear. And I serve a God who can change a situation, but God, in the middle of hopelessness, but God, who can turn the situation. You need to bow your heads and close your eyes here today. I want to pray for you here this morning. And uh, Emma, if you'd come down, Jonathan, Michael. And uh, we're going to sing another song here in just a minute. I'm going to sing that last song we were singing here today. It's a little bit different. We don't usually close out with a song today, but just feel led that we need to sing that again. And um, I want to pray for you here today. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where everybody's at in their spiritual walk. I don't know where you're at in life right now. Um, I know there are people in here today who are going through difficult challenges. You're going through a season of life right now. Difficulty. Maybe you're, you're dealing with a situation in life that you just simply weren't prepared for. Maybe it's a bad report from the doctor. Uh, maybe, maybe what you're dealing with right now is... Uh, Maybe it's just this continuation of I keep falling back in the same thing that I was doing before over and over again, and I'm trying to overcome this thing. Realize that Jesus Christ has already overcome. No matter what it is, I want to pray for you here today. And so you bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to pray, and then we're going to, we're going to sing. And you can go and, matter of fact, you can go and stand to your feet right now if you can. You can stand with us here this morning. Father God, I thank you for your church. God, I thank you. Lord, even though we were completely hopeless in a hopeless situation, God, we were not choosing the right things. We weren't going down the right road, God. You changed our lives, God. You saved us. We're so grateful for that, God. Never forget, we never forget, God, the greatest miracle that you've done for us is saving us, God. God, I I pray over your people here today, God, and I just, right now, I just declare whatever it is, Lord, maybe people need healing in here today. God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, We're not a cessationist church. We don't believe the gifts have just ceased. We believe that you're the same yesterday, today, and you'll be the same tomorrow, God. The same God that was healing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the same God that's healing today. And so we receive that right here and right now. If you need healing for something today, can you just say that right now? I receive it. Just where you're at. I receive it right now, Father. 
I thank you, God, for doing a mighty work in me. God, I thank you that through this healing, God, it's going to be a testimony for you. It's going to be a testimony for the world to hear of how great of a God you are. Lord, I thank you that your spirit, I thank you, is moving in this room right here and right now in this church. We declare it here today, God. We thank you for your healing, your divine healing, Lord. I thank you that you're meeting people right here and right now. Maybe people are in a situation financially, God. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, would be there to bring them peace and to know that you are their provider, God. You are our provider. We receive it right now, God, your provision for us, Lord. I thank you, God, for what you're doing. I thank you for what you continue to do in our lives, Father. I thank you that your Spirit, God, goes out before us, Lord, and protects us and keeps us safe, God. Come on, we receive it here this morning. I receive it, God. I receive what you have for me. I receive all the good things you have for us. I receive all the things you have for my family. We receive it, Father. We receive it. Thank you for meeting us right here and right now. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.